This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. All righty. Welcome to another edition of Reinvention the one and only Kelly Poker is here in the house. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. So you are here. You joined us. You, you decided to get on a plane, come to where it's warm, and then later today you're going back to that place of yours. Yeah. Yes, but I missed most of the cold this week. So. I know it's going to be like balmy by you guys this week. It's going to be a heat wave. Michael Levitt hanging out here with us in studio as well. Really, really good to have you, man. And uh, super excited to dive into this with you. And uh, for those joining us here on Reinvention Radio for the first time, thank you and welcome. We love you and really, really glad you're here. And for those who have been longtime listeners to the radio show as we broadcast live or the podcast edition, uh, we appreciate and love you too. So thanks for joining us all right so let's let's jump into this quickly here because i don't, I don't want to waste a lot of time with back and forth and chatter and this that and the other because we've got a really important subject to, to talk about here with uh one one of i mean i would consider you to absolutely be one of the, the well you're an, you're an expert obviously on this subject but certainly one of the best people i can think of to talk to uh, about this particular subject which is uh boundaries and getting into discussion, uh, getting the discussion around reinventing boundaries, uh, because Lord knows today, <laughs> more more so than just about ever in time, we've got to have some pretty clear boundaries laid out with folks. Otherwise, uh, well, uh, let's just say some awful things can happen. But by the way, I will say this: uh, speaking of boundaries and all that fun stuff that's going on, um, you know, say what you will about. Uh, Courtney Love, but I don't know if you ever saw this or not, just because it has to be said here. Did did you hear what she said about nine or ten years ago on a red carpet, just talking about boundaries? Do you remember this? So this was, uh, I don't know, maybe, I want to say it was like ten, maybe even twelve or fourteen years ago. I'd have to look it up. But Courtney Love, uh, you know, Kurt, Kurt Cobain, you know who she is, mm-hmm. right? So uh, she was being interviewed on a red carpet at one point. Uh, and she was asked the question of, you know, what advice would you give to a, to a young up-and-comer uh, you know, or young starlet or whatever the term was that was used uh, to, to make it in Hollywood. And her re- her response was basically, I'm probably going to get, you know, black bald for saying this. But, uh, yeah, just tell her if, if Harvey Weinstein invites you to a party at the Four Seasons, uh, don't go. You know, it's kind of thing. Right. So, I mean, she understood the boundaries at that point with this with this guy. And let's just, I mean, it's top of mind. A lot of people are talking about it. Yeah, I mean, millions of people have chimed in and used the hashtag, right? So we don't have to belabor that. But I want, I want to understand from your perspective, first and foremost, you know, why do you think people allow their, their, their boundaries to be violated in that situation when, when they know uh, it's not right? You hit it right on that when you said blackballed. You know, you know, everyone has career aspirations. If it's in Hollywood, you know, it's, they want to stop being a waiter or a waitress, and they want to get into films. Mm-hmm. And there's been the arena of all of these heavyweights in Hollywood, and they've controlled the cards. Yeah. And and you know, the red carpet don't lift that carpet because it's scary. What's underneath it? Mm-hmm. And we're seeing about that. And the signs were there. And it's frustrating to me that oh, so many people are saying, yeah, we knew about it. Mm-hmm. But no one made any changes. Mm-hmm. No one decided we can stand up. 
because, again, I think there was a fear. And we've seen it. Uh, Mira Servino, there's other actresses that, have, of them. that are absolutely incredible. And as a consumer of movies, we've lost out on so many years of great film because the people weren't able to do anything because they've been blackballed. Yeah. Yeah, point well taken. And I just realized I should probably set the stage a little bit better uh, so that people understand why you have expertise Mm -hmm. uh, in this subject and why you're definitely someone that people should be listening to as far as reinventing boundaries is concerned. So just give give folks, Mike, uh, and Michael Levitt again, if you missed it earlier, Michael Levitt is here in studio with us. Uh, Give us an understanding of who you are and Mm -hmm. and your background. Obviously, it doesn't have to be the full-blown bio, but I just just want people to understand uh, exactly where you're coming from. Yep. Uh, I'll I'll lead off with a story real quick. And 369 days over 2009-2010, I lost everything. It started off with having a pretty significant heart attack. And then after 17 weeks of recovery, um, I went back to a job and then no longer had it. Uh, Now, remind you, during this time was during the mortgage crisis and tons of job loss. The government was bailing out the auto sector. I was based in Windsor, Ontario, just on the other side of Detroit. So the economic situation during that period of time was absolutely horrible. So not many jobs in the first place. And if you didn't have one, it was even harder to find one. So went through the job search, did all the kinds of interviews, wasn't getting any landing anywhere. Um, and then I finally decided, okay, I'm going to go look at Toronto because I didn't really want to live there. Because you, you, were, you were in Detroit at the time? I was in Windsor, Ontario, so just literally. Oh, you, were, you were in Canada at that yeah, point? Yeah, oh, I was there. in Canada. Okay. Um, and, you, and you were, just for clarity, you were born in De- the Detroit area yeah, yeah. and then you moved to Canada 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, I mean, that, talk about boundaries. That's like, <laughs> that's like leaping a major boundary, which would be like the line between the countries. What, yeah. Just out of curiosity, what, why did you make that? I'm just trying to understand, like, uh, to uh, use Richie's term. I mean, like, let's, let's put some context around it. Like, why, why did you make that leap in the first place? I really love poutine. No, no, seriously. Uh, uh, um, my, my, hey, 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 folks. He did not say P-O-O-T-A-N-G. Get your mind out of the gutter. Poutine yeah. is, is a food. Poutine. It is French fries. It is yes. curded cheese. And gotcha. it's gravy. Gotcha. Um, now there's a variety of different flavors you can do. They, and you they, don't find good poutine in, uh, in Detroit. Maybe not. not right, yeah. so. You can down at the Marriott in San Diego. That's true. Well, then there's that. That's true. Yeah. So you so you jumped ship. You Jump crossed ship. the border. Yep. You went in illegally and uh, through the Freedom and DACA Act. Now you've been shipped back to the states, and you can never return. Is that? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, if if I'm going to be stuck in the United States, I can't think of a better city to then be San stuck Diego, in. Right, so right. I, you know, I, I I planned accordingly. Uh, so all this happened. The, the the heart attack and the 369 days. So what what else happened during those 369 days? After I moved to Toronto, because that was the only place I could really find work, um, I was about six weeks into my new role and I received a phone call from my daughter and she was crying uh, just uncontrollably. I could barely understand her. Finally got her calmed down to the point and they said they took the car. I'm like, who took what? What are you talking about? Mm. And basically the bank had repossessed our family vehicle. Uh, now, thankfully, you know, during the time that we, I was on unemployment and all of that, we had worked with the bank and worked with the, the auto loan company to indicate we were you know, not getting any income. So we were able to delay payments for a while, but that period of time ended. Mm. So they took the family vehicle. Um, thankfully, we had another vehicle, which I had up in Toronto. So we were a one-vehicle family for quite a bit of time. 
And then we found a place in Toronto to move. I was up in Toronto for about six weeks and looking around trying to find a place that we could afford. And we finally found a place that we could rent. And after that, um, moved everything up. Uh, moving is horrible. I hate it. It's yeah. the worst thing ever. Moved up and got everything together. And then we realized that we forgot the ladder for our girl's bunk bed. Now, I was going back to Detroit to visit my brother um, a couple weekends later. So I went to Detroit, and I said, I'll just swing by the house because we were getting ready to put it on market. And I went to the house and opened up the screen door and saw the largest padlock I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And a metal plate and a nice little sign saying, yeah, the bank took this back. Do not enter. Yeah, yep. yeah foreclosure. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting the ladder. Wow. Um, so you had you you had no idea this was coming, or you must have known. I mean, if you don't make payments for a certain period of time, I mean, you you had to know this was. This I, was coming, I knew right? it was a possibility, but they really had not sent a lot of communication, which was surprising. I figured you get warning one, warning two, warning three. Here we go. And the, the case of the bank that we were with, they did not do that. I'm not going to name banks because yeah. I don't want to get them in trouble. Usually, get like three months to. Well, yeah, we. We had again. We negotiated with the bank a uh, period of time, but then we hadn't uh, hadn't made the payments because we were um, choosing food over everything else. Mm-hmm. And but uh, the story about that is at that particular moment. To this day, I have never felt more peace than I did at that moment when I opened up the screen door and I saw that padlock. So th- there was a sense of relief. I knew that I had survived a heart attack or I should have died. The job loss family repossession of a vehicle and now the home I'm like okay what else are they going to take from me mm-hmm. short of dying it's like that was it yeah so it was a case of okay it's over now i can rebuild and mm-hmm. start again is there and i know this is a strange question uh but i, I honestly don't know this answer and and i'm my hunch is that at least one other person out there is thinking the same thing right now. What happens with your credit when you move from country A to country B? Does it does it reset? Or you are from moving from the states to Canada, it is as if you are an eighteen year old and you have zero credit. You start ground zero. Now, so you started wow. zero. You started zero. Well, that's better than starting at negative. True. Yeah. So your U.S. credit. The Canadian banking and credit system doesn't even look at all. So they don't even have a- – so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I – not so that this is a – to shit in the U.S., you can move to Canada. Well, I mean, not that I'm condoning that or suggesting that, but I, I, I didn't know that. Yep. So yeah. you could move – Mm-hmm. to Canada, and your credit would start at zero, basically. Yeah, once you get your landed status. Because for me... Interesting. Uh, my, there's mm, hope to skip out there's on hope for me. loans, well, right? Well, there's uh, hope. I don't, know so how, I don't know how many Americans I can sponsor to come over, but uh, you, you guys get <laughs> Can I get one steps. of those? Well, of course. Sweet. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, Did you know that, Richie? I didn't. No, I didn't know. No, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it, and, re- and again, it, not suggesting that anyone does that, but... That's I mean, but you literally you literally got a chance to start over. Yeah. Like, I mean, new new place. You found a new new uh, apartment or whatever to rent and credit score is zero new job. Wow. So, man, that's that's an extreme shift of boundaries, so to speak. But yes. And and, and Canada's not for everybody. Um, You know, a lot of people. It's cold. For it, one, it's cold. Um, if Different you, mentality. There's poutine everywhere. Yeah. If if you like I guns, like that word. So nasty. I just like that word. Yeah. If, You've had it. You don't like it. Is it gross? No, I've honestly never had it. I don't know. I'm thinking of a 
You think? Yeah, word. I got. It. Yes, thank oh, you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, it, Canada's not for everybody. If you are somebody that likes handguns, they're next to impossible to have. Mm-hmm. You know, rifles for hunting, of course, because there is hunting up there. You know, yeah, moose and all that. But uh, for me, it wasn't that big of a shift because growing up in Detroit. You know, CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, I would get that through Pick our television. Up. So yeah. I knew what it was like, and you know, the drinking age was 19 at the time over there, so it was, you know, I spent time there anyway, so it wasn't as foreign as it would be to some people. So I, I've got to ask this question. How, how was it with your family mm-hmm. going through all of this? Right? How many kids do you have? Three daughters. Three daughters. Wow. Think of all the shoes. Wow, that's a lot of shoes, that's a lot of dresses, that's it's a lot of weddings. That's moving, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. So, uh you and your your daughters, you and your wife, what what happened? Like what take us back to some of that and well, how are you guys now? Um well, And how my, long ago was that by the way? That was like that 8 was, years ago. Yeah, it was 2009-2010. Yeah. Uh my wife and I have since separated. Oh, you uh, did? yeah. But that was three years ago, math, three years ago. Um, but the time from when the heart attack happened to getting up in Toronto, uh, it was interesting. Um, it, for somebody like me that was driven and was building a healthcare organization and doing all these things, speaking at Chamber of Commerce, all of these things to build up this startup healthcare organization, but killing myself, ironically. Mm-hmm. It forced me to learn how to relax. I'd forgotten how to relax, even to the point uh, that in October of 2008, my board of directors realized that I was just a gigantic stress case, and they said, you're taking a week off of work, paid. We're not counting against vacation. You're taking a week off. And I remember going to the library and grabbing a book and sitting down, and I couldn't relax my mind to sit down and actually read a book. I love reading. Hmm. I couldn't do it. I had forgotten how to relax. And so many people that are just going, going, going and not taking time to take care of themselves, it starts attacking you. Mm-hmm. So your, your, your bosses saw this then. They, mm-hmm. they saw that you needed to step away, that you needed some mm-hmm. time off. Yep. Interesting. And so what, what do you think led to the heart attack and the, I mean, look, you lose your job, you lose your income, you lose your house, you lose your, your car, et cetera. I mean, that all makes sense, but uh, the heart attack and, mm-hmm. and the health issues, what, what was going on that, that kind of led to all that? Do you think I, I'll let you fill in the blanks? Yeah. A 40-year-old shouldn't have heart attacks because I was 40 at the time that I had the heart mm-hmm. attack. Yeah. Um, it was a combination of not taking care of myself, so eating improperly, not taking breaks at work, mm-hmm. um, not getting any type of exercise to speak of. Um, and So going from the couch to the refrigerator does not count as exercise? 12-ounce um, curls do okay. work. Because I've actually uh, installed like a tram in my house that literally know, just, it, it, like the couch goes on to the, the little tram, it slides on there, goes to the fridge, goes back to the spot for the TV. Yep. I mean, yeah, I, that's, I don't see anything wrong with that. That's a great use of technology. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, called lazy, not it, stressed. Yeah, right. no, it's called being efficient. Hey, uh, if they didn't want us to use the technology, they wouldn't have created it, right? Exactly. Isn't that you, what Einstein said? Yeah, that's like, a dog to do it. Yeah, right. take, take advantage of those opportunities. So not exercising, not, not exer- eating well, drinking. Uh, and, and being on emails and not stopping work, even though – 
as I alluded to, it was a startup healthcare clinic. Mm-hmm. And I was checking That's a little in, ironic, isn't it? Very, very. Um, and even the, the new job that I took in Toronto and the job, the day job that I have today is in the same healthcare. role. It's the same role, yeah. different organization. Um, you know, my mom said, are you nuts? Uh, but uh, long story short, those, those issues and checking emails from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day of the week, mm-hmm. I didn't shut down. I was mm-hmm. getting email from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Yeah. Uh, because then you're a startup or you're an entrepreneur, that flow just keeps coming, and you have to have boundaries. So long story short, I didn't have any boundaries in my life. I was just doing, 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 giving, giving, giving. Yeah. This is my nature, but I was not giving anything to me, and it nearly killed me. So how, how has that changed? And then I'll that, – that's, that's the last question of this, and I'll let Richie and Kelly chime in here. But how, how has that changed? When people have losses such as that, they can go down two roads. Number one, they can go down the woe is me, loss, I'm a victim type of thing. That's not how I go. I thought, all right, I'm still here. Apparently, I have a purpose. Mm. Let's figure this out and let's reinvent myself. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the things that I've done in the past. They obviously didn't work for me and figure out a way to, okay, how do I go about my work? How do I establish boundaries at work? How do I establish boundaries at home? How do I learn how to say yes to the right things and no to the right things to say no to? Mm -hmm. And it's been eight years of developing all of this. Now it's to the point where, you know, even, you know, yesterday at the conference, someone was um, relaxing my muscles and they commented, there's no stress in your shoulders or in your back. Yeah. How in the world is that? Mm-hmm. And it's because I don't let things stress me anymore. Yeah. I'll uh, let you guys <laughs> – I feel like I've been hogging you, Mikey. Well, here. I was going to – you had a joke earlier when you were talking about boundaries when he was crossing from from Detroit to Canada. And I just wanted to go back to the very beginning. What do you define as a boundary in general? Mm. A boundary to me is basically – similar to like the ozone layer on earth earth is you you are protecting yourself and you have to control the things that impact you Um, decisions people uh, requests obligations all of these things anything you say yes to you're you're saying no to yourself or no to something else so make sure that that yes is something that actually is beneficial to you uh, I'm huge on self-care now, um, and for the longest time I wasn't. I was so much focused on helping everybody else that I didn't help me. Now I'm helping me first. Now some people may say that's being selfish. You're damn right it is because if I'm taking care of myself then I'm the best version of me, then when I actually help you, you're getting a better version of me than you did before. Mm-hmm. So this is more or less the... You're the stewardess. Your stewardess is in front of you, and she's saying, "Put your oxygen mask on first. That's what I was thinking you too. know, more or less. That's the best analogy on that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the one that we all know, and we think, well, our three-year-old, we want to protect them. Yeah, yeah. Someone needs to raise that three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Put your mask on first. Mm-hmm. When kind of going back to the sound off, it's interesting when, when we're talking about the Me Too stuff. Mm-hmm. It, the boundaries move and shift. Yeah. In some people. And it's, so if you don't have your principles in place and you don't stay true to what those are, yeah. it's real easy for these boundaries at any moment 
to easily be swayed. Back to my joke that I say to Steve, locks keep honest people honest. Mm-hmm. Because crook wants to get in. Crook's getting in regardless. So it's not really about not keeping the honest person. So these boundaries. So what do you do in those situations? Do you think it out ahead of time? It sounds like you'd have to kind of really pre-plan in a lot of these scenarios. You have to have a foundation of boundaries in your life of what's important to you. And that's not an overnight exercise. Although for many, when I talk with people, they know what's important to them and what's not. Uh, But for some reason, they just give up. They say, well, okay, I'm going to do it because they don't want to be in conflict. They don't want uh, to upset their spouse. They don't want to say no to their boss, even though they're doing 18 projects, okay, yeah, another 10 is not going to be a big deal. Uh, and, and not learning how to say no. And you can say no in a way that it's not confrontational. You can say that's a great idea. However, there's all these other things that I'm working on as well. Is there anything on this list you want me to postpone so we can focus on this new initiative? Oftentimes in management, we just forget what we tell people to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's or a good like me. You tell them one thing on Tuesday, and then the opposite thing on on Wednesday, right, Kelly? Isn't that typically what I do? Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking we need to have a meeting about boundaries. I know, right? <laughs> I've, I've, I've had you as a boss before, or yeah. maybe ten times, but yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, it's exactly that. And it's mm-hmm. just uh, in dealing with your bosses or your spouse or family, uh, communication is again a crucial thing. Let them know where you're coming from on this, because if you just say, uh, "Don't bother me from three until six today." Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm doing something, there's a better way to approach that. Mm-hmm. So uh, how, if I might, how, how do you establish then your your priorities? Because I, w- I would think it, it really boundaries are going to be dictated by your priorities, mm-hmm. right? And so you're going to have different priorities at work and at home mm-hmm. or just work versus your personal life, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. How How do you recommend people go about doing this like what, what are some suggestions tactical suggestions for actually establishing boundaries either at work or at home i think a big thing is understanding your energy levels and when you're best to be doing some things um for me i tend to be a morning person whatever that means uh, but i tend to work on a lot of tasks and mind heavy type of actions in the morning and in the afternoon i leave it open for meetings or phone calls or follow-ups or, or whatnot. And at home, I do my best. Um, doesn't always work this way because when you're an entrepreneur, there's certain things you have to work on and you can only do it um, after hours sometimes. But keep that in control. Um, the, I think it was uh, Rick Warren made a comment where he tries not to be outside of home more than three nights a week type of thing. That's something I implemented long before my heart attack mm-hmm. because I wanted Obviously to Obviously, he's not kids. married to a Hispanic woman, is he? Man, <laughs> three nights a week. My God, he's got it pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Lino be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah no. you're home. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. For yeah. real. Yeah. Feel free to use it. I'll, I'll give you the source. I don't think you'll be successful, but hey, you can always ask. Uh, uh, but it, it, you, you literally just have to figure out what's important to you. And it's it's a deep dive into yourself, which I know for some people can be pretty scary, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially after a situation like what I had. But I knew that I didn't want to be in that situation ever again, so I had to reinvent myself. And mm-hmm. I was thankful that I had the opportunity to do so. It brings up an interesting thought that everybody's got different boundaries, right? This is fundamentally 
a lot of this conversation we had on the sound off and everything. So the person who comes up to the hotel room all alone at the Four Seasons and just sees one person in the room. I thought we were having a party, they, they, they either aren't very are. self-aware uh-huh. or situational awareness is low or they're letting their priorities get switched real quick and going to change these boundaries real quick. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah. they're constantly flowing and moving. Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's not a, a concrete, you know, you know, pour on a tablet and there they are forever and ever type of situation. They are definitely something that should be adaptable in a situation, but definitely have, it's kind of like, you know, bowling with, you know, the, the guards. So, you know, it, the ball's still going to roll but in there, but it's not going to go off the edge. Mm-hmm. So I have a tactical question for you. Okay. Father of a five-year-old daughter. Okay. I thought it sounded great on paper, home office. And it was until she could walk and knock on the door and open the door and <laughs> she doesn't understand the do not disturb sign or any of that, you know. And my priority is her. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm home. Mm-hmm. There's an irony for you, right? right? So now I'm sitting here home because she's my priority, getting frustrated because the priority in the moment of the work getting done, right? Another one of these flowing things. How do you handle that? Give me a tactical scenario for that, please. Um, you, you, you drop her off at Ikea and ignore the little pager thing that goes <laughs> off after an hour. It's like, and you get, when you get oh, paged. So onto this. Yeah, when you, when you yeah. get paged over, you know, just don't be in Ikea, you know, maybe yeah. be on the parking lot or something. Um, that is a challenging one because she wants to see her daddy. I, I get that. And um, five-year-olds and 25-year-olds and 45-year-olds don't necessarily pay much attention to that do not disturb or on-air light. They just walk right in. Um, you know, when I'm doing interviews, um, you know, I've got everything but a, you know, one of those big padlocks I mentioned before on my door saying, don't bother me. Uh, now, thankfully, it, it, when I'm at my office, I've got an assistant that can be the gatekeeper. You know, I've got a Kelly, and it, it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those situations, you know, talking with her and just saying, okay, for this, do this, or, yeah, I don't like electronic babysitters known as televisions, but there's there's ways to do it. And Do you want the mom's been through it version? Yeah, let's hear it. Because I started the company when my kids were like two and two and four, and uh, I actually brought in somebody a couple days a week to spend a few hours with them. Mm. Because it's so they didn't have televisions back then, did they? Oh, shut up! (laughs) (laughs) They were black and white, and they had to turn the channel. No. (laughs) Oh, I thought if I just went in and just talked over all her cartoons and just kept talking and interrupting (laughs) her, and just like, hey, so what's up with Mickey? And I was wondering what's going on with Barbie. And you just bring in like your own doll and come. Hey, I want a party too. (laughs) Say, see, this is kind of what Daddy feels like. like. To gamify things, you put her on a reward system as far as earning stars for different things and that you know if you give me this amount of time to do what i have to do then you earn a star or five stars or whatever and then we can go to the park for a half hour or or whatever yeah is that what you did kelly like the star thing no i moved my office out of the house eventually (laughs) (laughs) yeah no boundaries can be established there actually there's a great cartoon but i knew my boundary needed to be i had i had to you have to dedicate that time no matter what and Mm -hmm. It's great to, to have the idea that you want to be home with the kids and do this and that, but you're there in, in ways that you don't think that you're there yeah. anyway. And it's okay to put her with a sitter or put her in a play group. Or- well, and to your point, 
she's not going to get everything she wants exactly when she wants it in real life anyway. Right. So it's good to experience that, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, did, we did uh, uh, what's called La Petite, you know, like a, like a preschool kind of thing, pre-preschool, a couple days a week that gives them the social interaction that they need for, with kids too. Mm-hmm. But that's just expensive. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Th- and as uh, as the solopreneur and work at home person. Right. I mean, if you're trying to get to to the point where you can afford that, there's that period of time where it's like, I can't afford it. Right. You so, know, Mike, what were you going to I was going to say just, you know, on, you know, to the like the star, the sticker thing for you know behaving well and all that still works for me, by the way. Well, the, it worked for me well because we did it for a chore chart. The kids were a little bit older, but the problem is they found the box where the star stickers were, and I looked up there and I owed my middle daughter six hundred bucks, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, and the house didn't look any different. I'm right. like, what did you do? <laughs> so we had to change that system. Yeah, she's a smart cookie. There's a there's yep. a funny cartoon actually where it shows this little kid. I don't know if you sent it to me, Kelly, or where I saw this recently, but there's a there's there's a dad at the computer. He's obviously you know sitting there working away, and and the kid is like he's got a slingshot and you can tell he just fired off the slingshot and like hit the dad in the back of the head and you can see the thing ricocheting off and the bubble above the dad is i thought i told you to go out and you know entertain yourself and have some fun and his bubble says i am (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what i'm doing so uh, i think we both got what we wanted no that didn't work out that way Uh, all right so talk a little about um uh, so breakfast leadership right Mm -hmm. so what what is that all about and how does that tie into boundaries and, and so on in my reinvention of myself and working in the healthcare sector, but this is applicable to any sector, I've noticed a lot of my colleagues going down the same path that I did, and it scares the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. So I decided I need to do something about this, and after bouncing ideas around, I came up with the idea of Breakfast Leadership. It's the name of my organization. And the reason why I called it that was I find with leaders, especially executive CEOs, the morning time is usually the only time you can get at them without them going in the office. Once they're in the office, it's yeah. next to impossible to get an audience with them because mm-hmm. they've loaded up their schedules um, to the point where they're working very long days and all of that. And it's like you can accomplish more by doing less if you focus on the things that only you can focus on. Mm-hmm. So that's why I launched the business because I have a mission to save people from themselves. Um, boundaries are a big component of that. Learning how to say no, learning how to delegate, which I was horrible at before. Now I look at something, comes at me, and I go, okay, who can do this besides me? Hmm. And if somebody else can do it, I hand it off. Hmm. Now many of my counterparts would be afraid of, well, if they don't need me, then they're going to let me go. Okay, great. Then, hmm. then you can find something else. Uh, but for me, it's like I'm giving others opportunity to grow, and then it's freeing me up to focus all of my time on the things that I need to focus on because each of us have a skill that only we can do something. That's where we should be working. That's our sweet mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. And so how if you, if you then tie that back to boundaries, do you think that we need to look at sort of the boundaries for ourselves in terms of – the things that we take on that we shouldn't be taking on or the activities that we shouldn't be devoting time to or uh, even the people that we surround ourselves with, right? I mean, so it's all kind of intertwined. But what what does that sound like? Like in, 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 in Michael's head, mm-hmm. like what is that – like on a personal level, what does that sound like? Like what's the process you run people through and then on, on a business level – 
what what does that sound like? Like what, what what's the script we can use? Okay. What I do is I want people first to figure out how they spend their day. Because um, I can't tell somebody, okay, you need to spend X number of hours doing this or that when they don't know how they spend their day. They just go aimlessly through every day and every night and don't really have an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it goes back to my original career of accounting where everything was billable. So I had to track everything right down mm-hmm. to 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of formed a, a habit. And now I can do that on anything. So if you look at my calendar, you, you'll see lunch. You'll see dinner. You'll see base practice that I missed this week, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. Um, because if you don't schedule it, then you're not going to do it. And it also, if you color code it, which I use a, a Google Calendar, you color code things. And what happens is you can see, ooh, I got way too many meetings. Uh, real quick, two years ago in January, month of January, I had 75 meetings. Wow. And I went, this is not going to last. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to be back in the cardiac unit. Mm-hmm. So I literally started looking at things. I was on two boards of directors. I resigned immediately from them mm-hmm. and just started canceling staff meetings, saying we don't need to do this as frequently. But the key thing is for people to figure out, okay, how they spend their days first and then match their energy levels as well as what they like doing, what they don't like doing. If there's things on their calendar that they absolutely despise, that's draining their energy levels down which means they're stressed, Mm -hmm. they're skipping lunch, they're going to get the number three with a Coke, they're doing all of these Mm -hmm. things instead of actually taking a proper time to take a break, eat something healthy-ish, and go through their day. And that goes for whether it's at work or at home. Mm -hmm. But how do you, like with the the missus, Mm -hmm. right? You guys separated. Correct. And was was that a boundary issue for you? Like, were, were there boundaries crossed for you? Were there boundaries crossed for her? And I don't want to get too personal. That's sure. too personal there. Yeah. But, you know, I do think there's a point in time with a relationship, and this could be any relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be mother-daughter. It could yeah. be brother-sister. It could be husband-wife, whatever. Is there – how do you know – like when you just your boundaries are being crossed to like I assume that's kind of what went through your head or went through her head like you know there there are too many boundaries being crossed here we can't make this work and we've got to go our separate ways right yeah, it was it was a situation without getting too detailed on it. Uh, it 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 boiled down to a couple things one being fully engaged in the marriage um, I guess the best analogy I'd use is Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an interview that she did shortly before she passed away, and they're talking about the marriage with Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. And the problem was Camilla was always in the picture, mm-hmm. and she said the marriage was really crowded because Camilla was always in the picture. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a Camilla or a yeah. few Camillas in the situation, mm-hmm. and that that creates some challenges as well as financial challenges. But uh, we could stop right there for a second. I mean, in terms of because look, let's be honest, if somebody is not home or they're not giving you the quality time that that you need or or vice versa, that is something that should and can be talked about, right? I mean, that's something where you can just say, you know, look, uh, for me, you're crossing this boundary if you're, I mean, like the, you know, Rick Warren, you were talking about, you know, three nights a week. Like, you know, if you're not home for dinner every night with the exception of when you're, you know, maybe out on a uh, traveling on a business trip or whatever like that, like that's an issue for me. So it's, I, I would assume there were some 
boundaries that were crossed early on that allowed those things to to escalate. Yeah, and they did over you know a twenty year period. So you have to listen to that like right away, right? I, I mean, yeah. Basically, when you go through life, and again, one of the things that my physician told me after my heart attack is that you're going to be more aware of your body than you've ever been in your life, mm-hmm. um, and. And that also goes with emotions and how you're feeling and how things sit with you. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone says, okay, I want to have a meeting with you about this. And you're like, mm, I don't really want to go to that meeting. Then you know, okay, that you probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, in the situation of what happened, it, it boils down to, you know, even in, you know, the, the situation of the marriage ending was we went through counseling because mm-hmm. we knew um, things were not right and things were flushed out. Um, and those things were not really favorable for her. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was very happy to have those things flushed out. Yeah. And then afterwards, there was not really any change. And I mean, there's yeah, I'm we not, don't have to get into crazy detail on it. Yeah. But I think the bottom line is you have to be self aware enough to know yeah. when someone is consistently crossing those boundaries. But I, I just I, I think unless you know what those boundaries are for yourself. And maybe taking the time to to write down what is most important to you mm-hmm. and what you won't tolerate at, mm-hmm. at work or at home, mm-hmm. maybe that's uh, maybe that's a first step. It's a huge step. Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of journaling mm-hmm. uh, and documenting what you're feeling, um, tracking how you feel, even to the point of what you eat, because energy levels and how you're feeling it, it impacts it all, everything for sure. All right, so let's do this. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to talk uh, a little bit about uh, where folks can go to find out more information about you and, and the other things that you've got going on. Yeah. So uh, this is your opportunity to share away. Thank you very much. Uh, breakfastleadership.com uh, is my website. Um, I also have a podcast that's on iTunes and Stitcher. Just look up Breakfast Leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, uh, if you look under Be Fast Leadership. thought about getting that on a license plate, but it wouldn't fit. Be fast? Yeah, yeah. You know how that's going to go. I might as well get the red Ferrari at that point. Yeah, because it's like, I will I will know everyone on the police force by that point. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and, uh, and I will be paying them quite a pretty penny. Yeah. Uh, so th- those are some areas where they can go. Um, okay. I'm, I'm Facebook, I'm doing a 30 days on Facebook boundaries. Facebook Live and uh, so on. So, sure, yeah, check out on there. Facebook. All right, yeah. so we've got, uh, we've got about 30 seconds or so here. Any any parting thoughts around uh, boundaries or uh, or the work that you're up to? Take care of yourself. Um, really, really do a good job of taking care of yourself. Understand who you are and the boundaries that you need to have in your life. Mm-hmm. Get firm with those. Mm-hmm. Communicate those with family, loved ones, uh, your employer, all of these things uh, because – then you'll be able to do the things that only you can do, and you'll do them a lot better than you've ever have before. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, my man, I uh, I know that you've had your uh, your fair share of trials and, and tribulations, and uh, glad you're still here with us. As you said, you know you got a you got a purpose, you got a reason for being here. You still got work to do, and through the breakfast leadership stuff that you're doing, uh, obviously you're imparting uh, a lot of that wisdom on a consistent basis for all of those who uh, who need you, and really appreciate your perspective on reinventing boundaries today. So for Michael Levitt and Kelly Polker and Richie Ote, I'm Steve Olsher, and we will talk to you guys next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. 
You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting thereinventionworkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to thereinventionworkshop.com today. That's the reinvention workshop.com.